0: in celebration of what we've been learning about forgiveness from Joseph. I I just want to start in Genesis chapter 45, and then I want to springboard over to Colossians chapter 3. So we'll start in Genesis chapter 45, and, and beginning in verse number 1, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. (coughs) And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you (coughs) that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt." I think those are beautiful words. When Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, he simply says, Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Forgiveness is something that God wants us as Christians to be good at. He wants us to be good at. A, a couple portions of Scripture. Um, Luke chapter 17. Look at Luke chapter 17. You know, we're, t- we're thinking about a building and to have faith in God that He's going to take care of us. That needs a lot of faith, but... When Jesus explained this next truth to His disciples, their response was, Lord, increase our faith. What Jesus is teaching here is not easy for our natural man to receive. We need supernatural assistance. We need the Lord Jesus Christ working through us he says in Luke 17 and verse 3 take heed to yourselves if thy brother trespass against thee rebuke him and if he repent forgive him and all of us say well that's logical if my brother trespasses against me I tell him what he's done wrong if he repents I'll forgive him but the kicker is the next verse. Look at the next verse. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And most of us are going to say, you know, I can understand the one time in a day, or you know, once a day. If, if I have to forgive my husband once a day, maybe I can do that. But seven times in a day, that is ridiculous. Lord, you're going to have to re- increase my faith. How about Matthew chapter 18? Matthew chapter 18. Now what I don't want you to do when you read Matthew 18 is set up a tally board in your house. Because it won't take very long and you'll be counted up to 490. It's it's an on-purpose exaggeration, so that we can learn the right attitude of forgiveness. It says in verse 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I forgive my oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times. but until 70 times 7. Forgiveness is a Christian, it should be a Christian virtue. We should be known by how we forgive. And I believe Colossians chapter 3 gives us some insights on how we can grow or what a forgiving spirit looks like. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. Bowels of mercies. God wants us to be merciful. You don't have to be merciful until someone does something wrong to you. So the, 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 the implication is, as you go through this life, people are going to do you wrong. But as a Christian, God wants you to be full of bowels of mercies and kindness. Kindness. And when it comes to this, remember I mentioned this morning, when it comes to this rebuke, it needs to be done in a kind spirit. If you have to have a difficult conversation, it needs to be done in a kind manner. Humbleness of mind. Now we're not going to look at it tonight, but Matthew 18 is a key to having a forgiving spirit It's there that Jesus gives that parable of the man that he owed just... He he owed a million dollars, say. And the guy he owed the money to forgave him everything. And then this guy that was forgiven so much turns around and takes a guy by the neck who owes him a hundred bucks. And then he sells him to debtor's prison. And when... When, when the master heard this story, he was not happy with his servant. And the Lord is not happy with, with us when we approach the sins of others with a proud spirit, with a proud spirit. I think we've got to look at the sins of others through a lens of, how am I guilty of these sins? Maybe you're not guilty to the same degree, but maybe there has been a time in your life. I, I always think it's funny. Um, ex-smokers are usually the biggest smoking, b- biggest hypocrites in the world when it comes to smoke. You know, they hear, smell some smoke and they'll give people a dirty look or they'll say, I can't believe um, people smoke anymore, you know. And they're the ones that used to, you know, smoke a pack a day. Um, usually people that haven't smoked have a, you know, they have, a, they have more humbleness of mind towards smoking. And, it, you know, I, I don't know if this is wrong or not, sometimes I, I feel sorry for smokers. You know, you go to Tim Hortons over here on, on Kingsway, they got, a little, they got a little tent up there, and all the smokers are huddled under there when it's freezing outside and raining, and, um, and they're like the outcasts of society. You know... When they're watching an old movie, they must say, "Boy, I wish we had the good old days again." You know, the good old days when we could smoke in our offices and we could smoke on airplanes. And it used to be any air flight over two hours you could smoke on. Not a blessing on a, you know, on a transcontinental flight, and people are smoking. But <clears throat> the point is, when we're going to deal with someone else's sin let's deal with it with a humble mind a humble mind a humble mind meekness meekness is strength under control a meek response is the opposite of losing blowing your top or giving them a piece of your mind meekness I really see these things in verse 12 as the posture of forgiveness. The posture of forgiveness. Long-suffering. So, if we live, the, the, the scriptures tell us here we're to put on these things. They're not natural, they're not normal. They're a God thing that God can give us through the gospel. Bowels of mercy, kindness humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. That's the posture of forgiveness. The next thing we see (coughs) is the outworking of a forgiving heart. What is the outworking of a forgiving heart? Well, we mentioned this this morning, but forbearing one another. That's the grace just to put up with the humanity of people around you. You know, you can walk through life as the great judge of all people and you can judge every infraction but it's going to be a much more joyful life, Christ-honoring life, if you learn to forbear. If you learn to forbear. If you learn to put up with the sins of other people. Now, remember, that has to be balanced. It has to be balanced with especially the closer the relationship if you if you if you continually being hurt by someone that you love you're going to have to approach them and talk to them you just can't keep forbearing it will lead to a broken heart it will lead to bitterness and sometimes sometimes people are just stupid and all they need to be do all they need is to be confronted and challenged and they're gonna be a different person but we need to start with forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any so you've got a quarrel against someone you've got a a conflict with someone it's either forbear or forgive and forgive requires sometimes requires rebuke. It always requires repentance. He said, it doesn't always require rebuke? No, it is possible because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and because you're intelligent to, become, to be very aware when you sin against someone else. And you can actually go to that person And don't put them through the stress of having to confront you. You just go to them and you say, Would you forgive me? I wasn't kind with my tone. I wasn't kind in the way I did that. Or I I didn't tell you the truth. Would you forgive me? So there's the posture of forgiveness, and then there's the outworking of forgiveness with forbearing and forgiving. But then we see the standard of forgiveness. Forgiveness, the standard of forgiveness. The standard of forgiveness. We see here in this verse, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. When did Christ forgive you? When He offered you forgiveness and you recognize, you acknowledge your sin And you turn to Him for forgiveness. You didn't have to write a paper. You didn't have to complete Faith Bible Institute. The Bible doesn't say there's a special amount of tears you have to shed. Some people cry when they get saved. Some people never cry. It's because salvation is offered by Christ. And it's His will and His desire that we accept His forgiveness. He is the standard of forgiveness. And His forgiveness is complete. It is 100% complete. And I believe Christ's attitude is like Joseph's attitude, or Joseph's attitude is like Christ's attitude. Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. You've come to me. You've repented. I've forgiven you. We're going to bury it. We're going to put it behind us. Be not grieved nor angry with yourself. And like the song we didn't sing, shake off that guilty soul because Jesus Christ has forgiven you all of your sins. And then lastly we see in verse 14 (coughs) the motive of forgiveness. And above all these things, Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. The motive of forgiveness needs to be agape love. Just go back to 1 Corinthians 13. When love is defined in 1 Corinthians 13, a good portion of the descriptions have to do with how you react when someone sins against you. Charity suffereth long. Some, some ladies may say, you don't know how long I've been suffering. But charity suffereth long, it's patient. And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity Vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. We've already heard about a humble mind. If we have a clear vision of our own sin, it will sure help us extending forgiveness to others. Uh, Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. You know, when you get provoked, when someone sins against you but true love doesn't easily get provoked it thinketh no evil it thinketh no evil when you hear when you heard when you hear dirt on someone do you um, do you automatically accept it as truth Or do you try to think the best in that person? Do you try to think that maybe they don't have all their facts straight? Maybe there's some other information we don't know yet. I think that's the way we want other people to treat us. Especially if we are falsely accused. Wouldn't we want someone to believe the best in us? Rejoices not in iniquity. True love doesn't it doesn't get excited when someone else sins. It doesn't get happy. But rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. Folks, it's easy to bear cards in the mail with money in them. It doesn't take much difficulty. It doesn't, take much, it doesn't take much bearing when when someone sends you a, a positive text. It's, it's difficult when someone is unkind to us. Then it's difficult to love. And believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. How is your posture of forgiveness? You say, it's hard, Pastor. It's hard to forgive. Well, that's where we need to be like the disciples and say, Lord, increase my faith. Help me to put on these virtues. Help me to to be willing to forgive seven times in a day or 490 times to one person. Let us outwork that forgiving heart by forbearing and by forgiving... Let our standard be Christ. We'll all, you know, because the standard is in Christ, this is an area we'll always be working on. And sometimes we'll surprise ourselves. We may think ourselves to be quite forgiving. And then somebody really hurts us. And then our forgiving is really tested. And then, the motive of forgiveness is love. Is love. Well, we're going we're to take some time now and, and have the Lord's table. And the Lord's table, one of the greatest things about the Lord's table, and the Lord convicted me that we should do the Lord's table more often. Because it's a, it's a visual reminder that God gave us of His perfect and complete forgiveness, His perfect and complete love. When we take of that um, grape juice, we're remembering the blood that Jesus willingly shed for us. And when we take of the, the, the cracker, the bread, we're remembering His body that was broken, that was, that was lacerated because He loved us and because He cared for us. Let us think about that Jesus on the cross that said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think that's how Joseph, similarly, that's how Joseph must have prayed. Lord God, I want to forgive my brothers. We've been estranged for so many years. I would like to forgive them. I would like to be restored to them. Let that be our attitude as we think about Christ this evening. Amen.